0: this is non-progressive white guys today we have ryan josh is our guest and tomas we are testing coffee that tomas had uh, generously brought last week and roasted we actually ground it up today and put it in a cup and we're drinking it currently we'll post pictures on facebook and let me tell you it is a sight to see it, it looks like one of those uh like, you'd see in, like, a coffee commercial, you know, with the foam on the top and then the, the, the black or the brown uh, towards the bottom. Josh actually has the uh, clear cup. Uh, I think it matches his skin tone. No, <laughs> uh,
1: that, That's racist. <laughs> I actually go buy a hazelnut, Carol.
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, his is a little bit whiter than, than uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're also going to be talking about the uh, mass shootings that have been recently happening uh colton isn't joining us today and we were gonna brian had something planned some sort of ensemble uh for him to look like uh, i don't know how to explain it but we're not going to be able to maybe we can do that you, next week you could
2: you could just not talk about it and we
0: well i mean you gotta give him a little teaser right for next week uh we're actually going to put all the podcasts i think are we going to try to do that tonight uh once this is over we're going to put all the podcasts on the air they're on no, the
2: no, uh they'll be released episodics uh weekly
0: Hey, why don't you get closer to your mic?
2: Uh, yeah, there'll be, um, every week there'll be a new one.
0: Yeah, but we've, I thought we were putting, no? No, no, we're gonna hold off on that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't, th- I think we're gonna have to come up with random shit else to talk about grind. we supposed to have topics uh, this week. Uh, Lo and uh, behold. Th- there were topics,
2: actually. It- it's fine, it's fine. Um, we'll make it work. Yeah. No, d- no, I, I, Cody, Cody, <laughs> no, Cody, Cody, we're good, we're good.
0: Are are we, are we good? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and start off with the coffee. Uh, Thomas, do you want to explain to us what you did?
3: Uh, well, after roasting it last week, uh, you don't want to grind it and uh, brew it right away, so we had to let it set uh, to let some of the carbon dioxide and stuff brew out, o- uh, g- gas out over the week, and, and, uh, We ground it coarse and did a French roast, uh, and then we also, or sorry, French press coffee. Also brought in my espresso machine and did a finer grind, and we did espresso with the foamed milk, um, and so you kind of get an idea of how different, uh, brewing methods affect the flavor of the coffee, or at least the, the, the feel of it, and, um, so that you were talking about the foam on top of yeah. the coffee. Uh that's called crema and that actually Creme. comes right out of the coffee. So that white uh foam that was on top there that wasn't milk, that was actually uh out of the coffee. So um and that's where, you know, you see the, the fancy places where they get the patterns in the top. It's mm-hmm. it's that the different foam between the milk and then that slightly darker coffee foams, how they and they do a, a pour pattern.
0: Yeah, because I notice they usually do like designs and whatnot. And
3: yeah, I'm not I'm not that skilled, uh. so I have found little tricks I can do, but nothing as nothing as fancy as them. So we're gonna
0: we're gonna send Thomas to a Starbucks and have him do like an undercover thing and have him pour coffee, see if he can do all the different designs.
3: Well, actually, if you instead of them, I am gonna put a plug in for 392 Coffee downtown Davenport.
0: Three nine, is that the one that Seth Rollins owns? No, that's no that's yes black it is. Is, it? Yes, it is, is it? Is it?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: okay. I haven't been in there yet.
3: Yeah, they they are really artistic with how they pour their patterns. That's a place I take uh people to sometimes if I don't want to brew it myself. Um and it's it's a very nice very nice atmosphere. Uh huh. Um and the Thomas, br- the there this is there are really seriously nice. Seriously such a good cup of coffee. No, it really is. <laughs> it really is. Well John. I I noticed that uh all three of you got through the espresso real quick so oh uh,
0: shit there's espresso in
2: this yeah oh fuck
3: <laughs> that that's what that is espresso <laughs> Man. so and then i've got the french press here so <laughs>
0: that's great yeah hmm. i'm probably going to be out before the end of this podcast <laughs> uh, so yeah no it really is good Um uh, definitely better than starbucks i don't like my coffee too sweet i like it better than, yeah you know i i Think you put sugar in this, right?
3: Uh I didn't put any. So if you're oh, like you didn't? if you're if you're liking no, it I like that, that's just straight. And the big difference is is this is a lighter roast. Uh-huh. So Starbucks does a very dark roast which gives you a very uh strong acidic flavor. Yeah. This was a Guatemalan coffee. Uh-huh. And so the the roast point is lower than what you'd normally do for espresso. Yeah. And so you get less of that acidity and you get other flavors in Instead of that really strong bitter, and so you taste a different part of the coffee. Mm-hmm. Now you could roast a Guatemala really dark, yeah, but it's that particular uh, variety just doesn't do as well as a dark roast.
0: So, do they like? How do you get espresso and coffee? Isn't that something you add?
2: No, espresso is coffee.
0: Oh, it is. Yes, yeah.
3: it's just a strong, strong coffee. Well, espresso is how you do the coffee. So with espresso, you have a small cup in the machine, uh-huh. and you pack the grounds very, very tight.
0: Oh, okay. I seen you doing that over there. I wasn't sure what you were doing.
3: Yeah, and then and then you're putting the hot water through at high pressure. Uh-huh. So a lot of your cheaper home models, which is what I used this time, run at about a 15 bar uh, pressure. Uh-huh. And it pushes the hot water through at high pressure, so it extracts more. So you use this fine grind, and you can use less coffee and still get the strength um and then you some of the more professional ones will do like 18 bar or higher where they they push even harder um and so they can they can get a little bit more uh, that way but it's it's just a way to brew the coffee
2: hmm.
0: oh, yeah i never knew that then when they're always like oh do you want espresso in your coffee i'm like no <laughs> like, i just uh, want regular coffee man
2: so espresso in that vernacular would be a shot of espresso so
0: just be a shot so it would
2: be a coffee with a shot of espresso in that coffee
0: oh okay yeah I have no clue I just I go to Dunn Brothers and I'm like hey you know I want the I usually get an iced vanilla vanilla Nirvana Uh, uh, a what? an iced vanilla Nirvana so it's like it's really dark on the bottom and then they put like all the cream and stuff on the top so it's kind of like split okay it's interesting but it's good I will not go to Starbucks for coffee no too basic. Nope. Josh, what do you think of the coffee?
1: Uh, it w- <clears throat> is definitely good. I I drink it all. It's smooth. Uh, I do go to Starbucks for coffee, however. Nah. Mm. So. But basic. same thing. I don't get anything sweet. It's yeah. No. I.
0: Did Starbucks do anything that isn't the sweet. Like <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, they do plenty that's not sweet. Uh, I get a just what's called a cold brew, and it's basically a chilled coffee. Yeah. And it peps me up. That's what I get every morning before I walk my dog. So.
0: Yeah, this is definitely going to
1: put... But this was much smoother. I mean, obviously, I destroyed the cup. Yeah, no, he he definitely (laughs) went through it really quick.
0: (laughs) We're just going to have Tomas here to brew coffee for the next (laughs) however long. (laughs) No, it really is good. Mm. So what are we smoking today? I got uh, my regulars, uh, these... uh,
2: let me get one of them bad Lavours boys.
0: or look. Li- I can't pronounce it. know oh, really good though. The honey. Let me get one of the bad boys. I only brought one.
3: I'll go grab you. I'll go grab you one Ooh. out of my stash.
0: <laughs> you haven't even drank yet, and you're already falling out of the damn chair. <laughs> get it together, man. So, <laughs> yeah, Tomas is gonna go get. What is he going to get again? Cigar. Oh yeah, cigar. All right, so we're gonna move on to to shootings in the U.S. They. So I was on Facebook, and uh, he was. They were talking about how at least one person commented that the spike in shootings has gone up since Biden's administration came in to office in the U.S. And. <laughs> Decisions, all right. Right? All right, important topics. But, um, yeah, was somebody was talking about how the shootings have uh, spiked since uh, Biden's been in office. And, I mean, uh, to be honest, I feel kind of the same way. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I haven't compared shootings Actual during— Actual numbers. You're right. F- you know, from Trump's administration to Biden's administration, but it does seem that— I mean, hell, we've had—they just had another one, I think, today. There were—
2: Three this weekend.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, in in a week, there's been, I think, over five, five, seven maybe. Ryan's going to look that up right now. uh, Because I know we had one in Indiana, one in Texas, uh, maybe another one in Indiana. I think Chicago. Ryan's looking it up right now. Mm -hmm. I've just been noticing them on the news a lot. Six
2: consecutive week with mass shootings
0: yeah that, that that's a lot i mean they just came at it and then you've also got the uh the executive orders uh biden had passed i think somebody else blamed the shootings on that as well
2: yeah so this is clearly a problem right
0: yeah no, no it definitely it
2: is. is what do we do and this is the uh, uh, part of the conversation Thomas was supposed to be here for.
0: Yeah, where did he go? Oh, he went to get uh, a cutter, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, the
2: cutter. Yeah, he's a cutter.
0: Dude, I'm drinking espresso coffee and smoking a cigar. This is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Dangerous game. Why? That's a lot of fucking caffeine, man.
2: That's like three glasses of coffee. Three cups of coffee.
0: Yeah, exactly. How many cups of coffee do you normally drink? None. I drink maybe a couple cups of coffee a year. Oh,
2: oh. H- how how much caffeine intake do you usually have? I mean, I usually drink a pop or two a day. Th- then that's you know, a pop is a cup of coffee. Oh, well yeah. then I had
0: two pops today. And Tomas yeah. is back with the uh, the cigar cutter. Hey Tomas, we have a question for you. Yeah. Once you get situated over there. Get my wind
2: back.
3: From yeah. Running. running to get back. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't have ran yeah, for it. Fuck ran. him. <laughs>
0: Make him wait.
3: I was afraid I was missing the topic, man. <laughs> yeah,
2: and that's exactly what I said. T- Tomas needs to be here for this.
0: So, uh, what was the question? How do we fix? So, we were talking about how uh, these shootings. Uh, there's been six. What was it? Six consecutive weeks of, uh, of mass shootings. Of mass shootings, and uh, we're talking about how do we think we've been having more shootings under the Biden administration or if we've had more shootings under the Trump administration. Granted, we haven't looked at the uh, statistics on it, but Ryan's question was, is, uh, how do we fix that?
3: Well, I tend to work with the FBI numbers. Um, and there statistics on that. Part of the problem is the FBI numbers tend to run about two years behind. But the trend, despite a lot of the talk of it going way up, mm-hmm. has actually been fairly steady the year that we had the Las Vegas shooting? Yeah, I remember that. Casualty-wise, that was very high. But it was due to two really bad incidents. Mm-hmm. If you take those two outliers out, that year was roughly the same as everything else. A lot of it has to do with coverage.
0: And <laughs> someone else has <laughs> got to catch his breath.
3: <laughs> so... <laughs> A lot of it has to do with how, the, how these things are covered, and they get sensationalized. now. Yeah, they definitely do. One thing to really consider is deterrence. And part of it is, is that the active shooters that we're having now are happening in a more public way. How mm-hmm. You go back um, 10, 15 years ago, it was happening on military bases, things like that. Yeah. And it was fairly easy for the general public to feel safe. Mm. because we said well it's happening to those government people but these waves of violence tend to happen um, in patterns over time and as you develop a counter to it the people that do those sorts of things move on to different targets so in the 80s we had the phrase going postal
0: yeah, I remember that. I was born in the 90s.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Post office. And, and shooter shootings happened at post offices because you could just walk in, blow away all the clerks behind the counter. Well,
0: it's because in
2: one specific incident, somebody came in with a uh, gun, killed all their
3: coworkers. Yeah. And then... And so it's a way that then it happened on military bases. And what you see is that the application of good security and response procedures deter that sort of thing so if you look at it we aren't seeing recruiting stations shot up as much we're not seeing the shootings on military bases because those organizations know how to respond well good smoke w- rings ryan it just dissipated but man that was a halo <laughs> still,
0: still you're good man <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is seriously out of breath. <laughs> Holy cow. You I, did uh, this. That's I ran, it. Nope. I ran all the way. Okay, so more cardio for you and I.
3: More cardio. Yeah, if more More time on the elliptical.
2: Yeah, more cardio.
3: When, when are we going to start rucking? I don't know. Mine's in the truck. You ready to go? Um. We'll see. <laughs> I have an extra ruck plate if you need it. We'll see. But anyway so as the these the targets have shifted you're starting to see it happen more parks malls public venues they're harder to secure without uh turning away the public and so you know if you have everybody every time they have to go to the mall they've got to go through metal detector and all that people are just going to shop on amazon yes and so this is that balance between security and
2: And safety yeah security and freedom
3: So once you start down that path, it's very hard to take freedom back. And so part of the deterrent, and this is where I think Iowa's constitutional carry we talked about last week, is it's harder for a shooter now to know, hey, if I walk in the mall and start shooting, how many of those people can shoot back?
2: Who has a gun?
3: Who has a gun. So it can be unnerving. Hey, the person in the checkout line in front of me might have a gun. But... Law-abiding people don't go around shooting people. And so really you should feel safer if honest citizens are carrying guns. You know, if when seconds count, the police are minutes away. Oh, yeah, yeah. So having someone else there. One of the trends that I saw in the data is there's starting to be more and more shootings that are stopped by a bystander, not the police. So those numbers are slightly up, but they're
2: not astronomically up.
3: No, they're not up astronomically, and it's, it, the, ten, the trend has been roughly the same. So if you look at it, you know a lot of these things that we think of as really bad, crime overall tends to be down.
2: Yeah, yeah, since the 90s, and that's one th- thing people don't understand. Crime overall, since the 90s, is significantly down. Murders, yeah. uh, and that's every... Vo- all violent crime is is down.
3: Yeah, you just have these very big as far as news coverage events. You know, we think of school shootings as, well, Columbine started it. <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, you go, you can actually dig back through the history of it. And they were having school shootings back in the 19th century. Now, back then, most of the time it was um, somebody was hitting on somebody's girlfriend and it tended to be uh, you took my girlfriend, I'm going to kill both of you, uh, tended to be limited to things like that uh, rather than these generalized, I'm going to get everybody. But those things have, have happened for over 100 years. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Since Probably since there have been guns, there have been school shootings. Yeah.
3: And what you d- the, the difference was is that back then, it was a small community school. You had maybe 100 students and it was reported as a keyword community yeah and it was and when that incident happened it was reported in the community but it didn't make national news and it's this national news cycle that makes blows these things up
2: yes because news sells
3: yeah and so you know if it bleeds it leads you know, dirty, give us your dirty laundry as the song goes.
2: So, so do, but do you know why that is? That, so that's not inherently the media's fault. That's what we consume. That's what, because we as humans pay much more attention to the bad things um, because from an evolutionary standpoint, we need to notice the bad things before we, you know, notice
3: the good things. And then and there's also this, the evil we don't know. So, for example, we are so worked up about gun violence, but more people die in car crashes every day. We are exposed to the hazards of the automobile multiple times each day, but, you know, speed kills. Well known, you know, every 10 or 15 miles per hour you go up, you're greatly increasing your risk of having a fatal accident. But... People speed all the time. Absolutely. So, but it's a risk we all deal with all the yeah, time.
2: Yeah, th- th- those are risks we we're quote-unquote
3: willing to accept. Well, and, it, and th- I think that willing to accept has to do with exposure. So I think if the more people realize that, you know what, half the people in, this, in the mall are carrying a gun. I'm I prob- never see it. They never do anything wrong the level of anxiety over gun ownership would actually go down but it's so hard when you don't see the guns out there to realize just how prevalent they are with nothing ever happening
2: yeah yeah
1: absolutely
0: josh what do you think
1: well i uh actually completely agree i used to uh kind of study this subject i try to teach my friends how to you know, go get a firearm and how to protect themselves. That's right. How yeah,
0: you should definitely teach your friends if they.
1: That, that's how I was raised. I was raised around my, my dad had one, and he first taught me with a I want to say it was a Smith and Wesson Model 29 single shot piece of shit revolver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's how I learned and learned not to be afraid of it. And if you look, that he's correct. That if you look at most mass shootings, I would probably I don't know the numbers, say 80 percent. Yeah. Happen in a gun free zone there was no one there to respond
0: how many times is it, it was not even half a year ago somebody came into the mall shooting shooting at somebody else yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. that's
0: that's like gun free zone
1: right and and that's another thing is a lot of people from what i've seen from people i've met personally um a lot of people don't have the idea of protecting themselves anymore it's always someone else can do it someone else can fix my car someone else can protect me someone else can i mean so they rely on someone else yeah and then, when you need the help, you know you're you're your own first responder. there's nothing you can do, and that's what happens in a lot of these situations um yeah, guns shouldn't be everywhere, no, I agree, um, but every shooting I have personally seen has always been basically a gun free zone and in some of the shootings when they get the numbers of the deaths it it's uh I think it was the Florida shooting where I think it was a uh a gay bar, yeah that, um...
0: Yeah, that's... Uh,
2: hang on, hang on. There? Make a note in the... Uh, that would be the Pulse nightclub. The Pulse show. nightclub. We we, we got to make a change to the audio. Um, make a note in the time. Right, so you have his mic way too sensitive.
0: Well, I uh, he wasn't
1: close enough. It, you, so, okay. you, so you you have to continually keep reminding him to, to uh, get closer. Okay. So, yeah, uh, uh, the uh, gay nightclub is uh, the post-nightclub. Yeah. That shooting, I do believe it was a majority of the injuries came from being trampled and you know no one looked out for each other no one ran for cover people didn't understand the uh, ideology of find cover find an exit uh things that you're trained on i mean uscca trains people on this and uh yeah look for an exit know your exit know where cover is
0: yeah that's that's one of the things anytime i go into a building i'm always you know trying to put myself to where i can see the entrance and then also you know where there's an exit because you know somebody comes in there shooting the place up, you 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 got to be able to move.
3: Well, and another crazy thing uh, with these shootings is this idea of if you're spread out, you're harder to hit. And then when you have a, a shooter like this, when when you have hundreds of people in a room, if you're all milling about and all of you go after the shooter, he can't shoot all of you. Mm-hmm. And so you know there's um, a program ACT Cert, and they talk about using just basic sports thing, football tackles, things like that. Yeah. That you know, when he's shooting, he, he's pointing his gun one direction. How many people were behind him, beside him, anything else? Who could? 53 were killed by gunfire.
2: Uh, and, and
0: what? Oh, down in uh, Florida.
2: Yes, five, only five were
3: uh, other causes, like trampled. and Right. And, and, yeah. and so the 53 killed by gunfire, here again... And, 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 any, and, if, and another 58 injured. Yeah. If anyone had taken that kind of combat mindset, I'm going to own this. Yeah. I'm not going down without a fight. And, yeah, it's crazy to stare, stare down a gun when you don't have one. But if, I, if we started training our whole populace to act in that way, you know, these shootings would not be as common. And it's the fact that they know they're not meeting resistance. But think about... Flight 93, you know, you had the passengers decide to take on the hijackers. Yep. I think that's the big reason why we don't see plane hijacking. I mean, we've done a lot of screening and a lot of other things. That worthless TSA. (laughs) But we did. (laughs) No, don't start. Don't start. But, you know, we did a movie. We made those people into heroes. And so everybody knows now, hey, if there's a hijacking, they're probably going to crash the plane and kill us all anyway. We might as well. Yeah, no, there's not going to be another. Uh... Yeah, there's never going to be another one. And the, there's, a, there's a mindset that says, well, the government's keeping us safe. And it's like, no, really, those people fighting back is why you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think if we started seeing this more at these mass shootings where people fight back.
2: Man, that... that
3: that's a hard a hard sell and and it is, but if we don't teach them how you know the concealed carry is great if you if you have people in it um you have you have the tools available. that's why I'm a big fan of concealed carry um but I think if you're going to have a gun free zone, you have to do a law similar to what Kansas has done, where they say, if you are going to have a gun free zone, you must have a credible process to ensure. Uh, that no one can get a gun in.
0: I've forgotten about that. I like that law. Yeah. I, I like that. I've completely forgotten
3: about I, that. I like that. And so what it does is it forces someone who wants to have a gun-free zone to put in the metal detectors, to have the armed security, to have all those things necessary in order to ensure the safety of the people there. And because that's cost prohibitive, most people so say, hey, we'll let concealed carry in.
2: I like that. As l- I like that as long as that only applies to public space because I do believe a private business owner has a right to run their business however they choose to without
3: uh, government interference. Well, but there again, that private business owner then has the, is now depriving all of his customers of their ability to defend themselves. And, and the answer is, and the answer to that is don't go to that business. Well, and, you know, but having grown up in some of these very tiny communities, you know, like I, you know, where I grew up, the entire county population was 3,500. And you had, you know, six or eight little towns and the rest of us scattered out. And so if the grocery store had done something like that in our community, now these things happen less frequently in small communities, but let say the grocery store had done something like this, done a ban, the next nearest grocery store for most of us is 60-plus miles away. And so to have a private business, yes, he has the right to that. But when he runs his business in a way that deprives other people of their rights,
2: You, you your, your rights end where my rights begin. My, my rights as a business owner trump your rights to own a gun and to carry a gun. Now, obviously, I am pro-gun. I am, I am pro-Second Amendment very 100%. However, I am pro...
3: Rights. Well, and the thing is, is as you're... Um, I want more be- rights, not less yeah, rights. Because of the, the situation that, that you're in, is particularly, particularly with your business, where you have simulated weapons, airsoft guns, that look very much like one, that is a prudent safety measure. However, with things like a grocery store, if you are going to deprive someone of their ability to defend themselves, you need to ha- provide some kind of countermeasure to say, okay, here's how I am exercising my rights to run a business the way I want in a way that still allows you to...
0: Feel comfortable? Feel,
3: well, feel comfortable or to, you know, because the right to life really trumps even the right to business. And that's where the Second Amendment thing is about a right to life. I have, you know, the, you go back to the, the real founding documents was the Declaration of Independence. We have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And they're listed in order for a reason, is if you don't have life, you can't pursue liberty. If you don't have liberty, you can't pursue happiness. And so with that defense of life, the Second Amendment, everybody goes to the Bill of Rights. We need to go back to the real founding document. The Bill of Rights was just saying, hey, government could interfere in these three fundamental rights. Here are 10 rules that we can do to keep the government from interfering with fundamental rights. I get it's government versus business. But as a business owner, preserving individual rights, um, you know, because you take somebody like a big Amazon or somebody like that, their ability to affect a lot of people is fairly extreme.
2: Oh, you're absolutely correct. This is one of those conundrums, right? Because I'm 100% pro 2A, but I'm also 100%... my rights that are more important than yours 100%. So Yeah, this is this is one of those those tricky ones.
0: What was it? I was uh, I mean this might sound a little uh, gruesome, but you know how usually when politicians are trying to ban firearms it tends to be the AR15 platform. <laughs> so,
3: only the AR. A- yeah, right. Well, and the, the the big thing to look at is they're again looking at statistics, looking at the numbers. If you really want to reduce mass shootings, the firearm you should be targeting is the handgun. Because if you think about it, if you're walking into the mall with an AR-15, everybody's going to know what you're up to, you know, how hard it's. You know, it's very hard to conceal something that big.
2: You're 100% correct, but the reason reason why they want uh, to ban the AR platform is because... The only reason... Not because it's more dangerous. Only because that's just what's used. Not not because it's more uh, higher casualty producing
3: or whatever. But if you're going after what's used, what is really used is the handgun. AR-15 and some of these big high-profile ones, yes. But if you go... So, yes, In, if, if you he, go if off he, of incident count, if, it's yes, the handgun. Y-
2: yes, because if you go off total mass shooting counts, uh, you have to include uh, Chicago, New York, all the big cities, all the gang shootings where they, you know, they shoot three people. That's a mass shooting. That's, that's a legitimate mass shooting.
3: Well, and here, and here you just keyed my memory on a key point. Um, the FBI changed the definition of a mass shooting. It used to be four people not counting the shooter.
2: Now it's three.
3: Now it's three. So the rate has gone up because we changed the definition. Y- yes, yes.
2: And that's one thing people don't realize when they...
0: I thought the, the, uh, the number for it to be considered a mass shooting was four. It, it was. No oh, okay. Okay. But they dropped it.
3: <laughs> and then <Of> <laughs> they did. And then the other trick that goes on to this is there's a difference between an active shooter and a mass shooting.
0: So uh, would the active shooter be somebody who gets away?
3: Well, an active shooter is somebody who is trying to do it. So oh, okay. if I walked out, walked over to the mall, and I started shooting, yeah. even if I didn't kill anybody, I'm an active shooter.
0: Oh, okay, I see what you're if saying. If I ah. if I
3: effectively kill that many people, yeah, then it becomes a mass shooting. In the public's mind, when they hear active shooter, they think mass shooting. Mm-hmm. They're not the same, and then me- the media plays to that confusion and makes it look really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, you know, we have these active shootings, but because the response is better, Mm -hmm. we have fewer casualties. But everybody still thinks it's a mass shooting.
0: Kind of like how they uh, call an AR-15 an assault rifle. Yeah. I I hate that.
2: I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I
0: can't stand
1: it.
3: Well, and you know... I think you got something to say. I'll let you jump in, and I'll, I'll go back to the AR-15 okay, a little bit. Yeah,
1: about the AR-15. Uh, just being at the dog park. Okay, I've obviously I'm Pro 2A, but uh, you don't understand how many people are just not taught in the topic that I've heard everything from. You don't need to aim an AR-15 to it just shoots unlimitedly. You know, and it, what 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 right. I mean, every, I mean, everything. I, I tried to explain to somebody once because I did show up at the dog park. What happened was uh, I go to the Bettendorf, Bettendorf Dog Park.
2: Yeah, a- AR stands for Automatic r- Rifle
1: 15 Kills Per Trigger, right? And, uh, that's what that means? <laughs> yeah, it, it's nuts. And what's the case in the back of your car? Well, that's my rifle. I just came from the gun range. Oh, those things are dangerous. Well,
3: it's... But so is your car. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, a lot of people are ill-informed about firearms, and... A lot of people don't understand how they work, and, yeah, right now it is. If you turn on any news station, you can see that the AR is posed as the big bad guy, and I, I do believe the Combine shooting, they used a rifle, right?
3: No, I think it was they a, used
1: a... Well, that, it, was, it was a mixture of things. They used shotguns, tech, tech They used I, a tech I remember nine, it, yeah, shotguns, the Tech-9s, shotguns, bombs, and and pi- bomb. pi- pipe bombs, homemade pipe bombs. I remember a couple of those firearms were under the current band at the time.
3: Yes, they were. So I don't
1: all, uh, all of the,
2: uh, all of them are legal. Uh, nah, I'm not going to well, say I'm not that. I'm
3: fairly sure the assault weapons ban was in place. Now, the thing is, is they grandfathered a bunch. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But the, yeah. the big thing to understand with the Columbine shooting is there was actually a third person charged. Uh, and what happened was neither of those boys could legally purchase firearms. Yeah, no. And another boy who had turned 18 went and bought them for them.
0: Oh, is that what happened?
3: That's what happened. Oh, okay. So you had the, you know, the FBI ha- or ATF has this program, Don't Buy for the Other Guy.
0: <laughs> Don't Buy for the Other Guy.
3: And uh, it's called, it's what they call a straw purchase. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And And um, so he ended up uh, getting prosecuted and, and uh, convicted oh, okay. uh, for doing that. It wasn't widely publicized. And they thought, well, these kids went out on their own and they couldn't. No, it wasn't they went out on their own. They had somebody else help them. But uh, getting back to the AR-15, you know, a point I want to make as a, a firearm instructor, the traditional firearms, so your, your bolt-action Remingtons, or even some of your nicer, like say your Rugers, or even going to, you know, one of the classics, if you're going to go to a classic firearm for self-defense, the M1 carbine is nice. But they are, they require a certain level of training and skill to operate. Um. And they're not designed around the human. Um, And so I work with ergonomics a lot. You know, we adjust the chair, we adjust the workstation. We do this in factories, we set the tables at certain heights. All these old rifles were built to accommodate the material. So, for example, the wood stock, you know, if you had a bend in it like you would need to make it fit the human hand right, you'd be going across the grain, it would be weak, and it would break. Mm -hmm. So the old stocks have that straight grip. And that's because that's the limitation of the material. So the AR-15, they looked at modern materials, modern design, and they said, hey, how does the human body look? And, and if you look at how the AR-15 is laid out, think like a boxer. You're putting your hand out in a fist.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So they're taking these natural human defensive movements, and they're applying...
2: yeah uh, Holy cow.
3: They, Yeah, I never even thought about it that way. And so... The thing that is, is it allows a novice shooter, say a homeowner, first time they need to defend something, new shooter, it allows you to very quickly train them to a level of proficiency that allows them to effectively defend themselves, which is exactly why the military adopted that platform.
2: Okay. I, I'm going to be the Mike Nazi. Everybody's got to start getting closer because we're picking up so much background. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, So. Hey, hang on. Let's, let's readjust all the audio.
3: Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the, the milit- the, we had a culture that had started to drift away from firearms use. You know, you go back to the 50s. Everybody had them. Everybody had them. And New York City had shooting clubs, and kids took their rifle to school, put it in their school locker, and went to the shooting program. But once that culture went away, the Army needed something that was easier to teach and the AR15 did that. It was like I said that all those natural things that went into it and it allowed them to take novice shooters and make them effective. That's the that's the beauty of the AR15 as a defensive tool. You don't have to spend hours and hours and hours perfecting that skill at the range. Yeah, th- that makes total sense.
2: I having used both platforms, I can see now why um, ergonomically, it makes m- way more sense to have the uh, the pistol grip tucked in. Um, I can use it standing up. It's comfortable. Using it laying down, it's
1: comfortable. Right, but to the general public, it's you know fully automatic and blows planes out of the sky. So it just looks scary. Mm.
2: It's because it's black. It's because c-
1: America's racist. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, they, they make them in uh, desert tan now, so if we, all, <laughs> if we all just bought a tan AR-15.
2: No, what, what we should do is just hydro-drip them all with the wood grain, and no one would ever know a difference. <laughs> well, it's just a, a wood rifle.
3: And, you know, there's, but there again, it's, there's that opportunity as gun owners to begin exposing other people. Now, I don't necessarily agree with them, but you have the open carry people. And they do have a, a, the, at least the start of a point, and that is, you know what? If they go to the grocery store, and all of a sudden, every time they go to the grocery store, there's three, four, five, six people in there with guns, and nothing ever happens. I don't, I like that there are open-carry douchebags,
2: but
0: I'll never be that open-carry douchebag. <laughs> so what was it? I was at uh Walmart one day, and I was carrying, but it was concealed. Uh, it was behind this guy. He had a nickel-plated 1911, 45, on his back, in a leather case, and a level one. So if nobody knows what level one is, is just retention. I'm like, and what, he had what, it at what, an angle. What's that? What? It's it's held
3: in by yeah, friction, right? There's so no lock, no clip. No, yeah.
0: He was literally walking. I could have went up behind this guy and pulled his gun out okay, and shot him right uh, in the okay, back. Okay, okay. Like, I, why I, would you? You you shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Come on, man. It's it's not safe. I I get your point. Yeah, no. Not I think if you are open carrying you should have to have a level two or a three and what level two is is that you have the retention and then you have a thumb break so on the old leather like uh back in the think like the 80s and 90s cops would have like a you'd have to use your thumb to break a latch that came over the back of the handgun and then that would be considered level two and level three would be Thomas, you're breathing into the mic <laughs> oh, i thought uh, I, t-
3: I forgot i turned it off i thought but i guess not
0: it's level one and two, and then three, there's uh, a thumb to press, and then a He's whole still out of breath. latch that comes over the back of the uh, the firearm. I think if you're open carrying, you should have to carry one of those one of those types of uh, holsters, just because somebody can literally walk up behind you, pull Paint, your gun out. Pull your gun and yeah, shoot you. Right. It just pisses me off. It's mm-hmm. one of my pet peeves for anybody who open carries, is using cheap-ass holsters.
1: I think that's it, though. A lot of those holsters look (coughs) intimidating. So people go with the, uh, you know, leather holster with the design in it and the plastic holsters we see all over eBay.
0: Yeah, and it's no different than, you know, these soccer moms getting their permits to carry and then getting a revolver and sticking (laughs) it in their purse so their child can pull it out of their purse and just off them. That's another
3: thing that bothers me. Well, and that's, again, education, and the more... Opportunity, you know, a lot of times as gun owners, we want to stay in the shadows because the public can be so not understanding. But, you know, part of freedom is having to defend it Mm -hmm. and being out in the public and say, you know, okay, keep the gun concealed. But maybe we should all start wearing a shirt. You know, hey, I defend your rights, too. (laughs) You know, um, let people know that, hey, I am a gun owner. Hey, wait a minute. He's nice. He hasn't done anything bad. Or, you know, hey, let's have a conversation. You know, they, you know, they sell Boy Scout cookies. Why don't we set up and do a USCCA membership drive out in front of Sam's <laughs> Club? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, But, and then going to events. You know, so I think it would really be good to go, um, say, the health fairs. Because they try to make gun, the gun control issue a public health issue. Oh, well, because some people go crazy. It's good. We're now going to call it public health. Okay, if you're going to call it public health, I'm going to set up my gun booth at your health fair, and I'm going (laughs) to talk to you about it. He's got a point. He's got
2: a point. He's got a point. 100%. If you're going to make guns a public health crisis, uh, integrate it into the public health system. Mental health, right? So that's one red flag that everybody says, okay, mental health.
3: Well, and what's so absolutely disgusting about that is if you look at a lot of these shooters— they had red flags. So take Parkland, Florida. They'd had people reporting on that kid for years. You know, and he, the thing is, they had a deferral program that was geared to get the dangerous kids out, but they really didn't enforce it till high school. He'd had so many referrals in elementary and middle school. And so when they said he didn't have a record, That was false. He didn't have a criminal record. He had a school record. But he didn't have a criminal record because they didn't pursue it. You know, in in reading up on that, you know, he had uh, acts of cruelty to animals. So they had, uh, he'd actually recorded and posted videos of drowning animals for fun. So you had a kid who was seriously warped. I mean, if we're going to charge a football player with a felony for fighting pit bulls, this kid is out
2: yeah, drowning no, animals that's for like, fun.
3: let's y- like really serial killer type stuff, right? Yeah, and the thing is, everybody knew. And it was crazy. You know, the, the, They've got a book out about that shooting. It's uh, Why Meadow Died. And it's written by one of the fathers who actually got an investigative journalist involved, and they interview teachers and everything else to go through this. And it was a politically correct system that said, you know what, these tough kids if we just be nice to them if we give another chance if we put them into the general population we can maybe instead of saying you know what we're going to bring you away from everybody to protect everybody else but we're still going to teach you they shut that system down and the the premise the point of that book is that the Broward County School District where this shooting happened is or the where the Parkland shooting happened that model was actually held up as a role model by the Department of Education, and they pushed that out to every single school district in the country. And so you see this now where a lot of school districts are sweeping these bad bad actors under the rug, hoping nothing happens. So that's something we need to really look at and say, hey, how do we help this? Now, the problem with all these things is we went way too far correcting it. But in the past, we've also gone way too far at saying, hey, he's a bad egg, let's single him out. And we've hurt kids in the process doing that too. And it's how do you get the balance? And I think the key is involved parents. Because if you, as a parent, are involved in your kid's school and you see these things happening, you can discuss it. But you can also look at it and say, you know what, this kid didn't act up that bad. We shouldn't be doing it that much. And so we have to look at this system and quit trying to do these big, broad, general things and actually treat people as individuals. And it's tough. And you can never get it right. So the problem is, evil exists. We have to admit it. Evil exists. Oh, yeah.
2: Evil does exist.
3: But how do we address it?
2: I mean... If we're talking about mass shootings in general, or just crime and violence in general, because those are kind of two different
1: planes, I I guess. Well, yeah, currently the media is only focusing on the mass shootings. I mean, you haven't heard anything about Chicago lately, even though we know what happens there daily. So.
3: Well, and, and, you know, thinking about this, I'm going to go back to the premise I made last—the the comment I made last week— and this is one I'm going to probably harp on a lot, is as I, as a law-abiding citizen, should have as much rights as the criminal. So yeah, if, a, yeah, if yeah. a criminal can take and stuff a handgun down his pants and walk into the mall and shoot somebody, I should also have the right to tuck a handgun in my pants and go to the mall because but, I'm, not, I'm but, not there to hurt but, someone.
2: But the criminal does not have the right to... No, I mean he can but he does
3: not have the right to but what I'm getting at is if they do not provide a credible way to prevent him from it they should not be able to prevent me as a law abiding citizen from it and so if they put metal detectors at every entrance to the mall and they make sure somebody can't go in there that way okay I'm fine with it but if they do not have a way to credibly prevent someone so I should have the same rights as a criminal If a criminal can acquire a machine gun from Mexico, which usually they steal from some corrupt government in South America.
0: That the U.S. (laughs) delivers
2: it. Or they. (laughs) Hashtag hashtag Operation Fast and Furious. Right?
3: (laughs) Well, and the crazy thing, Operation Fast and Furious was regular AR-15s. There wasn't machine guns involved. But, you know, it's very easy to convert. Well, not easy. It requires some machine tools and things like that. Certain firearms are available. Do not. Google it, do not go to... Yeah, don't go, don't go figure out how to, how to do it.
0: You mean you don't just trim, trim down the triggers uh, <laughs> here? Uh,
2: don't Google it, do not... Uh, wh- what is that gun? The. Uh, uh, wh- wh- what it, what's a 3D printed gun? Holy cow. A the ghost liberator? Gun? The liberator. Do, oh, n- do not yeah. Google the liberator. Do not Google 3D printing. Do not go do that. I absolutely
3: do not recommend Googling that. Well, and, and Cody just, uh, you know, it's a good way to evolve this point away is this concept of the ghost gun. Um, and there's so much misconception about it. The ghost gun, they say, has no serial number. and, and it What doesn't is a ghost gun? Say, A ghost gun is something that an individual manufactures for their own use, and they make like it's something scary. Now, what they do is is the advent of the quote-unquote 80% receiver has made the ghost, ghost gun more common.
0: That is the lower percentage of an AR-15, so the one that takes the mag and the trigger.
3: Yeah, so an 80% receiver... Is one that has had eighty percent of the manufacturing done, according to the ATF's rules, eighty percent is not a gun yet.
2: So it can be sold freely.
3: So it can be sold freely. So I could come in here with a box of a hundred of them, and I could sell them to everybody out here on the airsoft field. <laughs> and because it's eight, it's only eighty percent completed, then it's not a gun. Now the the point is by the by the federal law. There is one piece on every gun that is a gun. Everything else is parts. Really? What, is it the barrel?: No, no. Oh. It's the receiver. Now the crazy thing is, it depends on which receiver. So for an AR15, it's the lower receiver. On an FAL, it's the upper receiver. And somewhere in the law, they decided which part was going to be the real receiver. So with handguns, an interesting concept is what SIG did, where they had a metal frame that fits into the slide, or into the frame. Into, little, the, little into b- the plastic. Into the plastic. That's the serialized part. That is the gun. The hand grip is not the gun. So, you can, so with the SIG, you can get a small grip, a medium grip, a big grip. You just take that piece out, drop it in. And that was... That's actually genius. It's genius.
0: Oh, they modulized it? Yeah. Yes, they
3: modulized it. So you have this little piece that you pull out. That's the gun. Um, Accessorized, bitches. And so with the ghost gun, going back to the ghost gun thing, every single part in that gun can be 100% complete, except that part that is legally defined as a gun. So in an AR-15, it's the lower receiver. So... You get it, you have to mill out the piece, the, the place where all your triggering parts go and you have to drill your cross pin holes. That is your 20% of manufacture to finish the thing. And what it's done is it's allowed people without a tremendous amount of skill to manufacture a firearm for their own use. Now the thing is the law has always allowed it. Back in the 90s, I built firearms for myself.
2: Yes, and my, I say they are beautiful. <laughs> Well, one is definitely better than the other, but they're both good
0: looking. I've never seen them. They'll have to show me sometime.
3: Yeah, and and the the thing is, is that's classic hand tool or classic machine tool metal work from scratch, no eighty percent receiver. And they're technically ghost guns. And a ghost gun is something.
2: It, a ghost gun is anything the government doesn't know was manufactured,
3: yeah, basically. And and the, the problem is with federal law. So you look at it, and I think Biden's really crossed a line with the ghost gun ban and the turning the pistol braces into. But the reason I think he's done it is if you go back to the Gun Control Act of 1968, which is where all this stuff comes from, their whole basis for it being legal for them to restrict the sale and transfer of firearms— was they used the interstate commerce in arms. So in other words, we're selling guns across state lines. You have that, therefore, we have the right to regulate it. So the, the thing is, is they recognized right off in 1968, when they passed the Gun Control Act, that if I make a gun for me, it has not engaged interstate commerce. I've not sold it. Therefore, they can't legally.
2: Yeah, they can't regulate
3: And so the ATF, you go search her website, and, you know, they'll, you can find this on the government's website. This isn't some crazy fringe conspiracy theory thing. It's been the law of the land for almost— That you can make your own. That you, you can, can make, make your make own your guns, own yeah. For over 50 years. Well, and before that, you could for sure because there was no law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Biden, by going after ghost guns, he's thrown over 50 years of legal precedent out the window— yeah, I mean, it, it,
2: if he if he signs the executive order on it, I don't think... I think it'll get struck down.
0: Didn't well, he already sign the executive order for that? Did he? I, I believe, I believe
3: he has, like, has. Has he? But yeah. the USCCA, uh, Gun Owners of America, they're all mounting legal challenges because he's throwing 50 years of legal precedent out the window. Oh, oh, I, I stopped most of the, uh, my political feed like <laughs> six months ago. <laughs> so, you know... The thing is, some states have stepped in and they said, you know what, we figured out interstate commerce, so say Montana has a firearms freedom law, so does Kentucky. And they allow you, those states allow you to mark a firearm said manufactured or for sale in Kentucky only. Oh, I like that idea too. And so what it means then, this gun never engages interstate commerce, therefore the federal government can't regulate it. I like that. And that was their way. But the real problem with ghost guns is there's such an easy fix that could help. And a lot of people don't realize you pay an excise tax on every firearm you buy. And it's used to help pay for national parks and conservation programs, things like that. It's $10, $10 per handgun, $15 per long gun. And the thing is, there's no provision in the law to allow an individual... To pay that tax hmm. and so the paying of that tax is what allows these guns to be registered hmm so if they would allow individuals to pay this 10 or 15 dollar tax yeah. you know I could build one for me once I was done with it I could then sell it to Cody or somebody else and you could you could create these low-volume manufacturing thing for somebody putters in his garage allow them to pay the tax it could get registered it could be sold And that inability to pay the tax is part of the problem, which is where Biden is somewhat clever in trying to make the pistols, AR pistols, into NFA items, National Firearms Act, which is the Gun Control Act of 1934, where they banned machine guns. So putting these pistol-braced ARs into the class of machine guns, Mm -hmm. he's created a way to register them.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: No, 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 I,
0: I'll show you what i whole it. We <laughs> right literally right go to this every okay. week.
3: Okay, yeah, I hear myself feeding up better. So, doing the NFA thing, and the crazy thing is, with these ghost gun builders, uh-huh. if they were willing to apply for and register it as an NFA item, you could take any ghost gun and sell it. But what that means is, is every time it's sold you have to be a, uh, have your NFA permit and you have to pay a $200 transfer. Oh, okay. So by moving guns into the NFA program, uh-huh. Biden is creating a National Gun Registry. Hmm. And so, and with that National Gun Registry, uh, NFA program, you now have to have your fingerprints taken, your photo taken, background check, just to own one. So that doing the doing what he's d- what he's proposed to do with the a- AR pistols. Yeah. has created he's created a path to a national gun registry just like Canada has.
2: Huh. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. no, I I'm 100% against any sort of gun registry whatsoever. No,
0: I, I agree with you 100%.
2: Go ahead, you're going to say something. I see I, I was, I was uh, thinking you're that not
1: well, it's it's hitting me now that like yeah, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> And and that's something that a lot of 2A owners have fought for a long time, is we don't want a registry because we don't want them knowing where it's at, where anything we own is at.
2: It's none of their business. Right.
1: It's not their business. And, and on top of that, we don't want them coming for us because, you know, it's the same thing. You don't go after everybody's cars because of a drunk driver. So N- No,
2: th- I mean, the sole intent of the Second Amendment is to prevent a tyrannical government, right? And to not to prevent one, to th- overthrow one should one
3: come to... Uh, exist. Well, and it, and it does prevent, actually, because if the government knows that it can happen, they yeah, tend yeah, not to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you have to look at the history of gun registration worldwide. You know, governments are about exercising power. Um, so you look at um, Germany, 1938. They passed a national gun registry. Well, shortly after, they, uh, once they got all the guns registered, they said, okay, guess what? Only members of the Nazi party can own guns. So then they went in, confiscated everybody's guns because they had the registry to do it. So they effectively hijacked German society using gun control.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: And then you have Turkey did the same thing. And uh, that was 1918, I believe. And they ended up registering guns, confiscating them from Armenians living within Turkey. And, and it then led
2: to the Armenian massacre, correct? Led to
3: the, yeah, led to the Armenian genocide. Uh, you look into Africa. They used to have... Certain countries had more liberal gun ownership. Once they registered and confiscated the Hutus and the Tutsis, you go back to, say, Venezuela. Venezuela used to have much more open gun laws. They registered, banned, took them away, and now the only people with guns in Venezuela are the thugs. And the government has leftist-aligned thugs that are not government, but the government won't go after who go around and terrorize all the normal people and keep them in line. So gun control is the means to exercise tyranny. You know, go to Chairman Mao, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Power flows from the barrel of a gun. Oh, absolutely. And so by disarming the Chinese populace, the Chinese Communist Party has been able to run these very brutal repression campaigns in China. So you're only allowed to have one child. And even though it doesn't get reported widely in Western press, especially in the rural areas, if they find out a woman's pregnant for a second time, they arrest her, drag her off to jail, and force her to have an abortion. Oh, yeah, yeah. and an emphasize was a real thing. If, if it was a girl, yeah, that, that girl's getting flushed down the toilet. Well, and, but that was the family's choice, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they needed a boy. Yeah. But the government is now saying, hey, it's our choice too.
2: Yeah, yeah, but th- that gov- I'm saying it's the government's fault because that they're the ones who forced who created the, va- the one-child policy where yeah. they say, we
3: need to at least have one. Um, and so these forced abortions, um, you look at, for example, Saddam Hussein, and you look at the atrocities he committed on his own people. You know, his two sons, Uday and, and Kuse, The You know, they talk about them being unhappy with a neighbor for being no. too noisy and then going over there and carving them up. Well, the thing is the neighbor's didn't have the ability to defend themselves. Nope. And what was one of the first things Iraqis did as soon as that system went down? They broke into all the government armories and stole Mm -hmm. all the government's guns, so they finally had a way to defend themselves. That
2: was such a weird thing when I was in Afghanistan to see everybody having AKs. Just people having AKs. Just walking down the street, Mm -hmm. got some, some sort of Russian 762 rifle.
3: Yeah, AKs, SKSs. Yeah, yeah. The old shepherds with the old the nagants. It, it,
2: it, they are indigenous to that culture. It, if you see somebody with an AK, they're probably not a bad person. If you see somebody with a shotgun, sh- they use shotguns for hunting. Um, they're probably not a bad person. But if uh somebody y- we was carrying a pistol, pistols are used for w- one thing and one thing only and that's executions. Yeah. And uh if they had a pistol on them they were, they were either police or Taliban. 100%. Yeah.
0: Alright well we're going to end this podcast uh, for this week and then we'll move on to the Patreon part. And actually I have a topic for Patreon. Um, hey guys kinda tha- th- relates. thanks for listening. Yeah no thank you seriously I appreciate um,
2: you. You guys are awesome and even though there's nobody listening right now right. there will be. Yeah no there has to be. There will be.
3: Well, and I, you know, I, I really appreciate the, the three of you, and you know, I, you know, the topics I care about, you know, this thing of how the government uses the law, and to have that opportunity to share that with y'all, and and uh, to be part of this discussion. So, really appreciate that. Appreciate the fans. Appreciate you guys for for uh, putting up with crazy old gray beard.
2: But Thomas, you are a cornerstone
1: <laughs> to this podcast, and we appreciate you, and I appreciate you. So I want to thank, thank
3: you. you,
0: Josh, for showing up. Yeah,
1: Josh. Yeah, no, no problem. And actually, I've, I've learned a lot from you, actually. So, uh,
0: but it's we're going to move. Do you want to stick around for another fifteen minutes? We're going to move on to the Patreon part.
3: Yeah, for fifteen minutes, I can hang on.
0: Okay, so what I wanted to talk about, and if you're listening now, you've obviously paid for Patreon, and we really want to thank you. Um, it goes back to you know how you were talking about Hitler and and all that. Uh, Iowa, you to fly in the U.S. domestically. Uh, in Iowa, you have to get a real ID by October. And what bugged me about this is one of uh, my friends, you got to have a birth certificate. You have to have a social security card. You have to have a piece of mail. You have to have... Thank you, Taliban. <laughs> you have to have three of these things to be able to get your real ID and use your ID to fly domestically in the United States. And the, and the fucked up part about that is is they put a gold star on your fucking ID.
2: Yeah, yeah, we all get gold stars now.
0: I just I don't understand this is bullshit. Why should I have to show you all these documents just to get a real ID just to fly in the United States?
3: Well, the, the big thing is is security is actually knowing you are who you are. So you know, criminals do fake birth certificates, fake things, all that. Yeah. This is a way to verify you're not a fake. So it's the idea is is we just want to know you really are who you say you are, mm-hmm. so that you're not some. Taliban nut job, who yeah. got a, who got who who uh, has a birth certificate and everything, and finally just now pops up in the system. They need to be able to cross-check that stuff. So I understand the safety thing, um, and really any citizen should be able to get these documents.
0: I mean, shouldn't a passport suffice
3: enough? Well, but to get a passport, you have all those. Yeah. So if you have a passport, you've done the real ID. Yeah. So you fly domestically, take your passport. Mm-hmm. So. You h- there's, there's two ways to do it. Everything that you have to do for real ID, you yep. had to do for, to get the passport. So fly with the passport instead. Um, and it's just, it, it's one of those ways to ensure that you're, you're not running with a fake document. Uh, now, of course, you could fake the, f- the real ID, <laughs> right. but, yeah. but the thing <laughs> is, those things are going into a database that's tracked and everything else. So if you've got a fake, your fake is not going to be in the database.
0: So see, I don't think you have to get it if you don't plan on flying. But it's going to make it really
2: hard for uh, uh, underage
3: kids to get fake IDs to buy eventually,
2: alcohol. <laughs> eventually, every ID will be a real ID.
3: Yeah. Well, Iowa's already headed that way. Illinois was the one that uh, for the longest time didn't comply. The arsenal has been enforcing real ID for several years now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That I didn't
0: know. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I just I, I couldn't believe that. I'm
0: like, so now when I go to renew my license in August, I'm going to have to get... I guess you have to get like an actual birth certificate from the government. Yeah, I don't think your birth a pa- certificate from the hospital
3: will do. It can't be a paper copy. Yeah, you have to co- it has it to be your actual Well, it working. has to be the it has to be the, the, the one official. with the raised the raised yeah. seal. Yeah.
0: So, no, am i only going to I'm going to have to go to the Social Security office. Yeah. Get a birth certificate. Get I my social security. You better get on that right now. Yeah, I know. This is ridiculous. I shouldn't yeah. have to go through all this bullshit to get an ID.
3: Such an inconvenience. Well, to have to uh, it's just tragic that you know, as famous as you are that they just can't recognize <laughs> who you are on side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Walk in there with a bald head and a beard. <laughs>
3: durka Durka Mama. A little guy. snack bar.
0: Infidel, infidel. But yeah, no, that that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. But yeah, it's definitely gonna make it harder for kids to, to get alcohol and, and I cigarettes. mean cigarettes.
2: I haven't heard of an a- actual quote unquote fake ID in my entire life. I've the only fake IDs I've ever seen are other people's IDs. I've never seen s- an actual fake ID. Yeah,
0: I don't think I have either.
2: <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I mean, you borrow one from somebody who looks almost like you. So, my favorite story <laughs> ever is the time my buddy Mitch used a black kid's ID to buy booze. We were 20, he was 21, and he legitimately used his ID to buy booze. Now, it was at Kimberly Mart. Uh, if everb- anybody knows what Kimberly Mart is, um, so that's probably 75% f- of the story that they didn't actually look at the ID, but it was hysterical that he actually used a.
0: Kimberly Mart, where?
2: Uh, it's the one on uh, by Northgate High V, Kimberly and Bridge, by uh, oh. U- Uptown Bar. Do you know where Nick's Bar is? Yeah. The uh, gas station that's on the corner. Oh, yeah. the star or whatever the yeah. hell it is? No, 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 the w- in this, It's attached to the same complex. Oh, as uh, I can't it's think it's of it right it's now. It's literally across the street from the star. <laughs> yeah, that conversation, <laughs> conversation took a dive. <laughs> These Patreon fans are like, oh, fuck this. Right, right. Mm-hmm. why did
0: I pay for this shit? Mm. Josh, do you have anything you want to talk about?
2: You do? I like your hat. It oh, okay. is a nice hat. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, It is a
1: uh, shape of Iowa I think that's
0: they were advertising flag. those on Facebook at one point. I,
1: I got this when the company was actually still new. Oh, so okay. when I first start wearing it out, I got that a lot. Like, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? And yeah, it's a pretty sweet put, hat. Put,
0: get like a sticky note and just stick it on the hat so that I not have to keep asking me. <laughs>
1: Leave me all alone. Well, well, now it's like I go into a Walmart just to get something real quick and like 50 people have them, so.
2: Yeah. I don't
0: Wh- where'd you get it from? Uh, branded Bills. Uh, that's, that's pretty sweet think i'm gonna go to the uh 80 kitchen after all this is done dude they got really good pancakes pancakes yes like if you want some good pancakes it's a place to go that or if you want food at two o'clock in the morning it's also the place to go <laughs> it's expensive though it's not too bad you think QuickStar is expensive i'm poor i don't know if you know that yeah mm-hmm. i'm looking at that mic you
2: got <laughs> So this is—that's why he's poor. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is purchased with company money, not my money. See, uh, you have to understand. You're
0: investing, huh?
2: You have to understand. I wholly differentiate my finances between my personal finances and my business finances. Personally, I would hope so. Personally, I am fucking broke. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. So the only money that I I pay I pay my bills with my uh, government pen or my uh, army p- uh, pension and. Yeah. Uh, and my student uh, what I get for going to school. Oh.
0: They paid government pays you to go to school? Yeah, money. Uh, well I know you got the what is it, the G yeah, bill or whatever? Yeah, the G I bill. Yeah. I was supposed to get that, but it was too late. It was too late. I was gonna g- yeah, dad didn't use it, so oh. I was going to but Rats. I know, right? That's you didn't free even money. Tell me about it. It's free money. Welcome to my hell. <laughs> day, day late and a dollar short. Maybe, maybe, maybe I could have went to school for broadcasting so I could learn how to control a volume knob. Huh? <laughs> do you, huh?
2: n- d- you notice how you haven't, had you haven't been doing that? It's yeah, but it's bothering the living hell it out it of it me. Is, it is. It, it, and I was going to yell at Thomas. Yeah, but I keep
3: getting the evil eye because I hold yeah. my mic wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah. So as long as Tom- oh, I'm talking too close now. As long as Thomas holds his like this, as long as uh, Joshua's like this, it was everything was good, everything was beautiful. I'm watching it.
0: Yeah, uh, it's tr- oh, you don't have any complaints for yourself. Oh, so I have a very, I yell a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't noticed. I, I don't
2: know if you know this. It <laughs> it's partially because I'm deaf.
3: Can you pour me a finger that Cedar Ridge?
2: Oh, you know what? We haven't drank whiskey at all. Oh, good. And I, I guess the
3: coffee must have been really good.
2: I did pu- put some. Uh, uh Whiskey in my coffee. I don't, I don't know if you've seen that.
0: Isn't I don't that? think I've ever had whiskey in my coffee. Oh, it's so good. Is it?
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. That's the whole premise of Irish cream is it's whiskey and cream.
0: See, I was I was thinking uh, before it came up, well, before I bought all the shit, I was going to stop at the liquor store. Oh, that's That's a Ryan's pour right there. Um, I wasn't going to stop at the uh, liquor store and pick up some, like, liqueur to go with the coffee, but.
3: I uh, said a finger, Ryan, not a thumb. No,
1: I'm good. <laughs> I got big <laughs> fingers. Uh, unfortunately, I can't. I gotta go walk my dog after this, and then I was, I'm also carrying. So.
0: He, he doesn't want to walk his dog <laughs> drunk. Ooh, ooh,
1: ooh, ooh, what do you carry? Huh?
0: What do you carry? It actually that depends on the day. Ooh,
2: <laughs> ooh. So he he he. <laughs> he makes it. fun of me all the time because I have like assess- forty guns, and
1: he's like,
0: "I only need one." He's gonna go. He's gonna. This goes with this outfit. <laughs> this goes. It really does.
2: I'm Are you a gun nut? Ooh, uh, he, he might fit in here very well.
0: <laughs> I know yeah. he will. That's why I didn't mind having him on.
2: Yeah, yeah no. he'll
0: get along with us just fine.
2: If you don't mind a little crude humor, 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 and mild racism.
0: Yeah, yeah, just just mild racism. We're not racist. Yeah, we, we, we it's, it's a matter of poking fun at it. We did need a token guy, didn't we? <laughs> that's
2: that, that's a racist term. If you, if you <laughs> didn't know that. <laughs> that, that term was canceled. You can't say that. <laughs> South Park you, still uses it. You, you, that they, they get the exception. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, excuse me. So, no, seriously, what are you carrying?
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: no, no, seriously. <laughs> right right now? Yeah, right so now. So, right it's now des- I have... Describe it to me in a deep voice. <laughs> Talk dirty <laughs> it to it me. silver.
1: <laughs> yeah, <but not laughs> no, pop that. Oh, i was I pop that I live right up the street from here, so I didn't need anything. I just got my small canic with uh, me now. Yeah, I, I, I didn't need much. It's just right down the street. Yeah. Right, if If I were going elsewhere, I'd carry something else, but down the street I got a canic. It's 12 rounds, has the... Uh, sms2 site on it and
0: mm. wait you call it canic i thought yeah. it was connect
1: it's it's actually Ganick in turkey Ganic, but since there's a c i was gonna
0: say there's no g- yeah it's <laughs> it's like when they call a gif a gift oh i mm. hate that shit yeah <laughs> it's a gif so when i, when I first gif. got
1: it that's what that's how i learned i was like it's a nice it's a nice canic and the guy was like it's canic <laughs> wait, so no, no
0: no fuck him <laughs> i'm gonna keep calling it a connect i actually do want to get one of those a t9 or whatever yeah, I want to get one of those. They're cheap. They're dirt cheap. Like what? $300, 400 for a 9.
3: Yeah, I'm not carrying today, but one of my primaries is the uh FMK9C.
0: What that? I got to look that up. Cause I don't know what that is. Would you Would you just call me?
3: The <laughs> yeah, I carry the FMK9C. What's that? It's the uh it actually stands for for my country. Oh, that's pretty and, sweet. And and the oh, uh yeah, yeah. yeah, the guy who started this company, it's it's kind of crazy. He makes manufactures guns in California with high capacity magazines um it's like a glock right yeah kind of like like. a glock but he said you know what glocks are made overseas springfield xd is made overseas all these handguns are made overseas when are we going to make one in the u.s yeah and so daddy likes so he he found (laughs) out a way to make one in the u.s
2: oh guns made in america gets
3: daddy now there's one thing i've i've found with the fmk is it can have a little bit of a rougher trigger because he's kept the price point really low, it's crazy for an American-made gun to come in with that kind of price point. He's coming in under Glock, and he's uh, making w- it in the U.S. W-
2: what was that price point?
3: Uh they usually run around three hundred.
2: Three hundred bucks in what calibers?
3: Nine mil. Nine mil.
2: How w- it's it's got to be a
0: pain in the ass to try to find a holster for that.
3: Actually, uh, Crossbreed makes them. Huh, uh, okay. Alien Alien Gear makes it. Oh, makes really? A slide for it. So I like Alien Gear. Um, it's it early on it was hard to get, but more and more people have holsters for them. I carry a Glock 19 sometimes, but it's a Mm -hmm. bit thicker, so the FMK is a little bit thinner than a Glock uh, because instead of being a blocky slide, they actually do relief cuts in it. Okay. Um, And so it's a good basic, you know, 14-round 9 mil gun. Uh, The only thing I've thought about, you know, come summer, wearing lighter clothes, I've thought about maybe picking up, like, a Glock 43, something a little smaller. Yeah,
2: that's what you said earlier. Uh,
3: But, you know, in the winter, when I've got a heavy coat on, and I can kind of be semi-concealed if I did wasn't wearing a coat. Um, those bigger handguns give you a better sight radius, able to take a longer shot, be more accurate. Uh, so I do like a, a little bit bigger handgun uh, if I can con- uh, effectively conceal it.
0: See, That's what I hate about people. They carry these big-ass guns. I used to carry an f- FN FN-40. <laughs> Full size,
2: yeah. It I carried a uh, Ruger P 90 45. Yeah, it yeah. Just, it's yeah, I know. too big. I
0: hate it. it. Oh. I, yeah. I, I can't stand it. I'd rather carry something small like my uh, XDS. It's one oh, inch it's wide. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, you don't know it's there. And then especially if you put the, the the lower mag in there, it's non-existent. And that's what I liked about Alien Gear as well uh, is their their holsters. It doesn't feel like it's there.
3: Yeah, I'm and that's where you know I'm looking at that Glock forty three, is, is is to be just a a little less aware of the fact that I'm carrying it. Yeah. Uh, gives you the 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 full power of the 9 mil mm-hmm. in a thinner, more compact firearm. So, I'm uh, kind of looking into the going into the, the more subcompact rather than than the, just the compact. Um but you know, for now these work for me.
0: I don't know if you guys have ever carried a gun you've absolutely hated, but at one point I used to carry a Walter PK380. That is the worst gun I've ever carried. You literally have to have a tool to field strip this handgun. And then the buffer spring is twice the size or length of the buffer rod. So trying to, not only do you have to have a tool to break it down, you're sitting there trying to get the the spring into the rod and then into the gun. And then if you fuck up, the spring just flies then you got to
3: go find it. Well, and the PK380 is such a heavy little handgun. I mean, it's yeah. a 380 that weighs as much as a full-size nine. <laughs> I I,
0: I, just, I can't stand that gun. I don't know if you guys have ever had a gun you you can't stand, but well, that, that's I,
3: I did carry, uh, you know, talking budget carry guns. Mm-hmm. I carried a CZ83 for a while, or CZ82. CZs are good guns. I like CZs. Aren't they? Yeah. Well, this is the old military blowback 9 mm Makarov CZ. Um, Not the new CZ. Yeah. And the crazy thing it's a great gun for a blowback, but this the nine nine Mackerel is a very heavy it's it's kind of the max you can go with a blowback firearm and the crazy thing is it's less powerful than the standard nine millimeter, but it kicked more but it was something it was one of those things that gave you a very cheap you know like two hundred dollar gun that You know, for somebody who was on a tight budget, it was effective, and I never had a jam with that gun. Mm. But it was heavy, Mm -hmm. and it recoiled too much, and it did have some rough spots that, if you didn't grip it right, would kind of chew your hand up. But, you know, there again, I think that part of the problem with the way we've done firearms in the United States is we've kind of made self-defense something for the middle class. You know, we did a lot of stuff back in the 80s, the, you know, so-called Saturday night specials to try to weed a lot of the, sm- the the cheaper handguns out of the market. And so for poorer citizens, you know, dumping $800 into a Glock. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. It isn't going to happen. And, you know, and, and so some of the more budget guns on the the uh, high points, I've never had one function reliably. <laughs> um and so I've been kind of obsessed with budget guns and, and have kind of gone down the military surplus path. Um,
2: so what you're saying, there is a need in the market for... Cheaper guns. Cheaper guns.
3: And that's where, you know, FMK at $300 is a decent price point. Most dealers sell it for more than that. But you can find FMKs for 300 He's created something that makes self-defense accessible to more people.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea.
3: Do you, uh, Josh, have any guns that you don't like or carry guns?
1: I, well, I don't carry it anymore, but I do have one. So, a while back, I want to say about five years ago, uh-huh. I bought a Smith & Wesson SD. Oh. And I, because everyone was like, oh, it's just like a Glock. It's just like a Glock. And that thing was the most, <laughs> and it's, I still have it. I've made it better, but I will not carry it and I will not <laughs> shoot it. If someone breaks <laughs> my house, I'll throw it at them. <laughs> <laughs> it, plastic spring. It's Wait, not, really? Yeah, it's the, the guide spring's plastic. The guide rod's plastic. The guide spring feels like metal, but I've had two snap. Uh-huh. And then, or if, if it is a metal, it's a piss-poor metal. Uh, That's
2: what happens when corporations try to maximize profit. It's, it's Hello?
1: Never <laughs> accurate. It's never been accurate. Um, the the rear sight is plastic, so the first time ever shooting it, I was with, you know, JT, yeah, my buddy. Yeah. Five rounds, and a plastic sight fell out. <laughs> that that is hysterical. And I get I on YouTube, and these guys are like, "Oh, it's better than a Glock, and it's good, and it's cheap." as no, the fuck, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this is <a>
0: terrible. Handgun. <laughs> so, just keep it on the nightstand as a
1: brick. Well, and that's what happened. So I thought maybe it was the parts, or maybe it's just a bad manufacturing run. I actually got on GunBroker, got some parts, got a new slide from another one, and same issues. And ever since then, yeah, I, I put a metal, yeah, a metal guide rod in it. And done a few things to it, but I will not carry it, will not use it. It just sits in my safe. It's I'd rather there. carry
3: around a High Point. I'm trying to think of one I absolutely don't. And a High Point gets, gets right <laughs> up there, but you've already, you've already claimed that one. Um, <clears throat> and this is going to be kind of a bit of a heresy for a lot of people. For a carry gun... I think a 1911 is absolutely a horrible choice.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. No, it's just too much weight, and
3: um, and you know, I know there's a lot of people who are going to be mad at me for it. I know, I agree with you. But you know, Glock makes a you know, and I'm not necessarily a Glock fanboy, mm-hmm. but Glock makes a 45 auto. I think it's the Glock 21, maybe um, full size 45 auto, same size as a 1911. Yeah, 13 rounds, fully loaded it weighs less than an empty 1911.
2: Yeah, for sure. Oh.
3: And so if you're going to carry a 1911, you've gotta ha- you got to have a girlish figure so that you can tighten that belt up over your hips, your pants don't fall <laughs> down, <laughs> or you need to have it in a shoulder holster. Um, the 1911 is a beautiful piece of engineering. Oh, definitely. For, for, for the range, for target. And when, it, and when it was made. Yeah, it was when, for when it was made, it was a beautiful gun. Now, for when it was made... You know, we've made a lot of improvements in ammo technology. So getting away from ones we don't like. Um, you know, I love a 1911 for the range, everything else, but to carry, absolutely not. Nope. But historical, the Browning High Power. I love me a Browning. So it's the same era as the 1911, but it's a 9mm. Same designer. It was a John Moses Browning design. Um, and it stayed in military use into the early 2000s. One of the longest-serving handguns in for military use yeah, is, in the world.
2: That is a very long time.
3: Um, and I have one. It's heavy, you know, all steel, solid, beautiful gun. Uh, it's got some quirks and eccentricities, but it is absolutely reliable. Um, now, some of them weren't. You know, the, the Canadian one was kind of picky about ammo. I've owned a Canadian... Um, right now, I'm carrying a Brazilian one. Um, I don't carry it much because, you know, self-defense situations, simple is best. Yeah. Point the point-and-shoot interface of these modern striker-fired guns is a huge advantage. You don't have to worry about. Oops, I forgot to pull the safety off. Mm-hmm. Point and click. Um, and so, you know, I carried a high power for quite a while, and it is a it is a, an incredibly wonderful design. And if you like classics, it's it's there's it's hard to beat. Uh useless trivia. Uh it was carried by both sides in World War II. <laughs> really? Because the uh, factory was in Belgium, and when the Nazis invaded all the engineers escaped to England and left the plant behind. The Nazis tooled the plant up and they put a Nazi swastika on it. And, and they produced there you go. Browning high powers. And the Browning High Power was a better gun than the Lugers and the, all those things that they had. The Browning was a much better gun than the P-38, and much, much better. Uh, so the Nazis said, hey, this is great, and they produced them. They put Nazis, Nazi swastikas <laughs> on them. And the Belgian engineers set up a plant in England and Canada, and they started cranking them out for the Brits and the Canadians. So it was a gun that served both sides. Useless trivia. Um and you look at the Bren uh, machine gun, so that the Brits used. Well, the Czechs made it. The Nazis ran the same gun. <laughs> we tend to, th- you know, we tend to think of the the MG 38 or the MG 42, um, sorry, MG 28 and MG 32 as the German ones, but they ran Brens too, under the CZ brand. Um, and so it's it's you know crazy. A weapon that is so good, both sides are using it to kill each other. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, I go was ahead. gonna say, do you have uh, any gun that you particularly don't like? Handgun? Um, just
2: I don't know what brand it is. Um it's a three eighty. I'm not a fan of shooting any three eighties recreationally. No, I hate, um hate 380s. it is a an amazing self defense weapon,
0: but that is about it. Yeah, no, three eighties suck. We're gonna go ahead and end this podcast at an hour and twenty seven minutes. Not bad. I didn't think we'd be able to get an hour and a hour and a half out of everything, yeah, I did uh, you you know did, since you you, know, you you didn't think yeah, well you didn't you think neither either. did you because you know yeah. we only didn't have any topics or anything <laughs> so I want to thank you for being a patreon member. we want to thank you for being a patreon member Ryan does
3: I absolutely want to thank you <laughs>
0: Tomas does,
3: and I'm going to be a redneck here. y'all come back now, you hear <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, thanks for uh, showing up with the coffee. and the information josh thanks for showing up as well since you know colt good. you're what was, welcome what was colton's excuse anyway
2: he had to uh uh another guy his car broke down he had to drive him home
0: oh i was like oh no i'm not available kind of like why i never get a truck
2: no no they were here <laughs> they're all here oh they were yeah, yeah, oh yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was jeff <laughs> J- J- jeff's uh car broke down
0: i don't want to be the guy with the truck all right thanks for listening